Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and with me, as usual, are my ever-so-spooky co-hosts, <laughs> absurdly hot demon, Sean Dunham, true. and weirdly horny preteen ghost, Jeremy Leguie. Also true. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> it's that time of year again, boils and ghouls. The sky is getting darker, the leaves are falling, and there's a decided chill to the air. Ooh. And you know what that means? It's Spooktober. Now, season... I'm sorry, the boys are distracting me. We're communicating have, with hand signals. I have no capacity to regulate my attention. <laughs> season, season listeners will know that we traditionally do our Spooktober Spooktacular as a high-octane, well-organized tournament where we pit various scary movies against each other. But you know what, pals? There's a pandemic happening, and we're tired. We don't have octane. <laughs> so this year, Spooktober is a little less structured and a lot more chill. Yeah. This week, we oh, each yeah. picked one of our favorite spooky time flicks, and now we're going to talk about them. I like, yes. I like spooky time flicks. Spooky time flicks. I think we should use that more often. Okay. You have permission. Well, we Hashtag only have spooky a time week flicks. or two left, and then it is out of favor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can, we can still watch it whenever. Yeah. Some spooky time all year round. STFs. <laughs> well, we're off to a great start. Um, Are we? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, Jared, uh, what'd you pick? And what and film why? did you pick? Uh, I picked a little movie called Beetlejuice. Never uh, heard of it. Which I I still am confused as to why it's not called Beetlegeist. Yeah. Okay. Well. If it was spelled Belgues, yeah, people would <laughs> be very. I'm confused. sorry. Could you Wait, let me that? do another one. Belgues, <laughs> just so we kind of wrap yeah. it up. Belgues, Belgues, You think there'd be an uproar? I think that people would not understand. As as a man who sits here, defiant, mm. defiantly drawing a line. As a Jeremy with a G, I think it yeah. would have been totally cool to just go with Beetlejuice. It is. It is just a little confusing because in the film, yes. it is spelled Beetlejuice. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was but also they're just, wondering. Like, they just must have been like, oh, people won't get it, and then just change the name. There I must don't have know. been. There must have been some discussion. Anyway, for those who are not aware, Beetlejuice is about the Maitland couple, uh, played by. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. The impossibly hot. young and hot yeah, they, Alec and Gina. They are so good in this movie. Yeah, like they I, really are. And they do so well together, and their mm-hmm. characters are like just cartoony enough to really exist along with their weird real estate neighbor person. Yeah, and Who's, they're such a like... They're just so sweet with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad that they are stuck in the afterlife together. No, it's that very, makes that makes sense. It's very happy for a them. little jealous. Yeah, to be well, honest. Maybe, yeah. That's, uh, anyway, they are lucky enough to be together when they drive off a bridge and die, um, and then they uh, return to their home and experience the afterlife, which is a much more bureaucratic mm. and just sort of confusing situation than anyone had intended. Yeah. Um, and uh, they start to uh, realize that time is sort of passing in a different way that they're not used to. And the house that they occupy, that they haunt, rather, mm-hmm. um, is sold to the Dietzes, uh, who are played by Catherine O'Hara, uh, Winona Ryder, and who's the – Jeffrey Jones? I can't think of his name. Is that it? He is the, the principal from the... Ferris Bueller. Is that it? 
It's Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. Okay. Whew, I was I was just going off. Wow. That was muscle memory right there. Anyway, um, and in another incredible set of performances of these New York socialites who move into the house so that yeah. he can finally relax. Um, and then uh, I don't know who plays Otho, but spoiler alert: the relaxing does not happen. No, it does not. Um, but they sort of take over the house and try and uh, make it their own, so to so oh, to speak. Oh yeah. Uh, their daughter Winona Ryder, uh, a young Winona Ryder, um, is able to see the ghosts because she's kind of weird and yeah, leave it at she's that. Also yeah, spooky. they really breeze over that. Like, yeah, they really do. She's like, I also am misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I can see you. Anyway, so the movie is essentially them trying to scare them out of the house, but there is a another ghost played by Michael Keaton in mm. what might be the role of his life, Batman or Beetlejuice, I'm not sure. Um, Jack Frost or Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> we got a Jack Frost head over here. That's a deep cut there, yeah, Sanj. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but um, he plays an outside contractor, Beetlejuice, who will, if, if permitted, will help haunt your house if need be for pay. But he will go off the rails. He will. And he'll take it. Yeah. You can't get him back. Yeah. He'll take it too far. Now, here's my question Mm -hmm. Is his freelance living exorcist bid, like, um, job, is that just a ploy to have someone, like, bring him back? Yes. I think so. Yeah. I think. I think that he just could not work under the structure that Juno was working under. Right. Because she said he was one of her best employees. Mm -hmm. Was Mm. that not? That that did come up, yeah. I feel like that came up. So he's good at his job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that, I don't know if he has a corporal form. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. that some kind of punishment was imposed on him. Yeah, like maybe he's out of something and that's why he had to... He he resides in the model in the Dietz's right. upper attic. Um, and his whole thing is that he can exercise the living. Like that's his whole pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that there is a lot to this movie. I watched it when I was very young. It's from 88, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot that is left unsaid that you just get to sort of make up on your own. So for example... If the family or if the the Maitlands leave their house, they somehow warp into a desert land that's patrolled by these giant worms. Sandworms. Sandworms, Sandworms, yeah, obviously. Anyway. um, Obviously. But, like, they don't really get into this. There's no no explanation or they just can't leave their house. And I love it. I think so, too. That's kind of helpful. When when there's, like, a bunch of sort of dumb explanations i think the nice way to get around it is that they're everyone's like it's all in the book yeah and everyone's like oh i'm trying the book is so dense it reads like stereo instructions (laughs) (laughs) which is it's just a really great sort of depiction of what life after death could be and it's really fun i always thought like there's the beetlejuice cartoon as well um i always thought that there was like some sort of comic or something that this was based on. Mm. And this is like OG. It is. It's just, just Tim Burton's fevered mind. Yeah, it's just a crazy, crazy idea that someone wrote and it just works Tim so Burton? well. Maybe. I don't think he no, wrote it. No, I don't think so. I don't know. Let me see. Let me see Didn't here. he? Luckily, we all forgot our notes today. Michael so. McDowell and Warren. Se- For some reason, Se- I thought he was involved. No, he, well, he directs it, but. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, Larry Wilson, who wrote The Addams Family, Little Vampire. Um, anyway, I enjoyed this movie immensely. It's so crazy. The visual effects are so good. The you visual see, and makeup are very yeah, good. Yeah. You, you, you see, cannot mess with them. You see, like, dead men who are office workers who are run over a whole bunch of times, so they're flat. So they're sort of, like, strung along like clothes on these wires. Now, I felt bad because I was like... You have to live the rest of your undead life in the form that you take yes. when you meet death. Yeah. Very That's... lucky to be drowned, actually. Oh. It turns Except out. Except they wouldn't look like that. Why not? If they'd been drowned. It, it, you get gross, even if you're not under there very long. What are you talking about? Gross things happen to your body when you drown. You get... Yeah, after you die. But that's... But if no, at the moment... I, it... yeah, I think yeah. you'd be like bloaty and stuff. No, I don't think right away. Okay, well... Yeah. It well, we se- don't, again, we don't know how it happened. Yeah, it if seems to be the point of crossover. If there are any forensics experts right. <laughs> listening, please let us know. Please let us into this. Because um, if it happens when you die at the moment and then that's what you're stuck as, then you might be good. But then if yeah, it's like true. what happens to your body after, in terms mm. of drowning, you get gross. Mm. You get bloaty. Mm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it doesn't have much These to do are the important things. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, I, I just think this movie is so good. At sort of like depicting this crazy world and these circumstances that these people are in and all of this like really crazy stuff that's ultimately like about this book that's supposed to tell you what's supposed to happen that no one really understands but people just sort of tell you to look to. And then we get a scene where Catherine O'Hara is this terrible artist who makes these horrible sculptures and then later on, Beetlejuice brings them to life. Yeah. And it's so crazy. And she, I love her being attacked by her art. Mm-hmm. Because she does say a line in the, at the beginning or something like, my art is painful or something. Or like, <laughs> and then it like traps her in This it. is me expressing myself. And yeah. it's just all these crazy like shapes. shapes She's and- such a terrible artist. I love her. Um, she also like I don't I don't know if this is just a a spark in the eye of Moira Rose, but mm-hmm. when she's like wearing like mm-hmm. like a, a weird top hat and like <laughs> yeah the styling is very Moira. I was like it I is. feel like she like this was just the the glimmer mm-hmm. yeah, but I I don't this is an instance of a thing where I just don't understand how one plus one equals seven. Like, there's just so many things done right. There's so many, there's like, there's these little scenes where they're in this waiting room after they die to go see their caseworker. This sounds crazy. Like, this sounds insane. And there's just all of these dead people sitting around. And one of the great ones is this football team who died and they don't (laughs) understand that they've died. And they're looking for the coach or something. Yeah, they keep calling Juno coach. Yeah, and caseworker. And like, like these She's people. Like, yeah, they figure it out. <laughs> these people are so frustrated by these other new dead people not understanding what's going on, and then that itself culminates in a dance number at the end where the football players, for no reason, are dancing on the staircase of the house. I forgot about that. Like, it's just this crazy... And actually, in Beetlejuice the Musical, those Mm -hmm. football players do become part of the ensemble. Oh. Yeah. And they they do dance. As they ought to. How do they depict a sandworm in... I... Oh, well, they do very well on the stage show. It looks crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand how... um, Gina Davis rode the sandworm from outside the house into the house. Yeah, no, it's not clear. There's a lot of cr- 
you know, she yeah. saves the day. It's the only thing that saved them. Yeah, absolutely. Is Gina uh, being able to horn. tame a wild uh, <laughs> horse, sand horse. Warm. So, Sanders warm. Sand, that's sand, hard to say. Sandworm horse. Yeah. There we go. We got Thank there. Um, I love this movie. And oh. I think that you do, too. I love it. I love the sets so much. Mm-hmm. I love when they go, when they're sucked into the little town uh, to dig up Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. And then all of the the sand is just like shredded cardboard because yeah. it's like, yeah, because uh, it's a diorama. It's just like so good. Some of the effects are like... I'm thinking in particular of the part where Juno's like, what are you going to do to kick, get them mm-hmm. out? And then they, like, stretch their faces. But there's a, it's so obviously, like, the lighting changes completely. It just, like, turns into a plasticine face, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm not mad at 1988's effects because they're, like, mostly pretty good. Mm-hmm. They were doing their best. Yeah, they, and their best. I think it still holds up. And I also would like to point out that I think this is probably the best example of Danny Elfman's work because mm. the theme is so perfect and so crazy and it just like fits into all these little sort of bits so well. And I do wonder if um, in the musical like that theme, like like if they had to like shut down and change the set or something, if that just sort of plays over top of because it does sort of really lend well to that. The like music, just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, it's great, and you should all watch it. Uh, yes. end, of, end of thesis statement. It is currently on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for Beetlejuice. the presentation. Thank you for that information. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. You want to go next, Johnny? I can go next. So this is, um, it's not very spook- spooktacular, but it is a, when I think of Halloween, it's something I watch probably every year since I was a kid. And it's 1995's Casper. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Casper is about um, a haunted house. Actually, no. Let's start, let's start from the beginning. A very evil woman inherits a haunted house. Kerrigan Crittenden. Uh, (laughs) such a good name she's such a good name she realizes it's haunted but she thinks there's treasure in it so she hires uh, someone to uh, get the ghost out of the house this ghost psychiatrist I was going to say you really breezed over (laughs) who she hired this ghost psychiatrist named uh, Bill Pullman and he brings along his teenage daughter Kat they move in. They realize the ghosts are for real, but then they kind of form a good relationship with them. And, you know, things get wild after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this. I love um, Kathy Moriarty as Kerrigan Crittenden is mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. best villain ever. <laughs> she is like one of my favorite. Her, that voice. Yeah. It's true. The voice is so iconic. Um, Eric Idle is her lawyer um, psychic. Lackey. Lackey, if you will. Um, yeah. Have you guys seen this before? Or did I make you watch something you had not? I have seen this before. When you first said Casper, the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, the movie with Hilary Duff. But that's actually 1998's Casper Meets Wendy. 
I don't even know what that is. So that's just me being a few years younger than you, and that's the one that I encountered in my childhood. Wow. Um, But no, it is not that one. This one has Christina Ricci. It does have Christina Ricci. (laughs) Instead. Um, I thought it was fun. Um, It wasn't what I expected. You'd never seen this before? I think I did as a child, but I don't recall. Oh, I, I too watch this quite frequently. Yeah, this was a this was a on the on the screen a lot. Mm-hmm, this is also like the first feature length film starring an entirely CGI character. Wow! So breaking and the mold. CGI is amazing. And the CGI is incredible. I, I do think they did a good job yeah, of like like it was a good choice to do Casper because. He's detailless. Yeah, right? he's, like, he yeah. just like, is a blob, and sometimes you can see right through him. Yes, which I think worked. I think it was okay. Yeah, he CG is department. such a weird shape. It is. Insane. He's a weird shape because yes. all the other ghosts are kind of like humanoid. Like you kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh, this guy is kind of looks like this. These faces have details. It's like Casper as a child with like pneumonia. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's oh, also right. kind of a dark part. Is yeah. that like I was a dead child? <laughs> like right, um, but it's like so. What did he look like? Just a like a potato child. He had a very round little head. Yeah, you style. Yeah, we saw him brought to life though. So I mean, well, yeah, but he didn't look yeah, like that at he all. He didn't it look was, like his, Devin his head Sawa. Was pretty round. I know it was the nineties hair. That's true. Yeah, they did. They did some work to get it there. Yeah, but you're right. uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um. Oh, what? Yeah. So there was this, the scene where, um, Casper and Christina Ricci are both lying in bed and telling each other sad stories. Casper's being, um, I was a child that died, and mm-hmm. Christina's talking about her mom. I was like, Christina Ricci is a great actress. Yeah, yeah. she is. And I know that's not a huge like a hot take but <laughs> i was like this is she's so good even in this like sort of weird disney like i'm an angsty teen yeah mm. yeah she's real good in that role yeah no absolutely i also thought bill pullman did a mm-hmm. really good job um i i always thought it was so strange how they kind of react to the ghosts because you need to get over it quickly in order to move things along yeah but uh spoiler alert his character dies at one point and oh, yeah. it is done with such ease and simplicity. Easy breezy. It like it's and I even remember being young watching it being like, What? Yeah. Like they did Oh yeah. So he's just a ghost. Like that's all that they, they And same with Kerrigan. She also just dies. Oh, it yeah. pops up. Very just with a little blonde bob. <laughs> yeah. Just 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 a normal thing that happens in this mm. world. You know, people die. Get over it. They're ghosts. It's not a big deal. And right? then Casper just does the major like, oh, yeah, my dad invented a potion to bring people back to life. And it's right <laughs> here. So lucky. Yeah. It's hard to remember things when you're dead. Um, it is I, hard. I love that end scene, the like big act three with that machine and all the goings on and stuff. I always thought that was so cool. And even rewatching it this week, I'm like, man, like they – really built that thing. Like, I don't know what it is, but that's what it does. They did build that thing. Yeah, they built that cool. potion in the vial. Mm-hmm. Um, a scene that I always think about is when she first tries to bring Casper back to life, but mm-hmm. Kerrigan steals the potion. <gasps> and then 
she Christina Ricci opens the door and it's just a like a over easy fried egg and he's like, "Am I alive yet?" And his eye just slides off. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that little chuckle as you thought of it. It is good. I it's, think like so many things remind me of that specific scene. <laughs> Something li- like gently slimy. I'm like, Sean's living it every oh, it's like single that day. Part. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, I also thought that, and it really stuck out to me. I don't know why it didn't in the past, but uh, Brad Garrett voices Fatso. Okay, mm, yeah. yeah, and man, does he just <laughs> he he does such a good job. They they all all three of there's brothers. Is that they are? Yeah, I think they're, they're brothers. His uncles. his uncles, right? Um, they all do a pretty good job. Yeah, but Brad Garrett, I'm like, man, like he is. You know, that time when Everybody Loves Raymond really let him stretch his like, acting shoes. He was like 30, like in 1995. Are you like he, Yeah. Oh, my God. I assumed like he a, was way old. I'm, well, because yeah. that voice. I'm looking up how old Brett What are the is. other two uncles' names? Aren't they funny? Um, well, it's Stretch, Stinky, and Fatso. Yeah. <laughs> really, really dynamic names. <laughs> um, uh, which I'm like, why did Casper get to keep <laughs> his true. normal mm-hmm. name instead of his, like, just derogatory nickname. Roundo. Yeah, like Roundhead. Mm-hmm. Should have been. Light Man. bulb head. That's what they call him at the beginning. Brad Garrett is only 61 right now. Yeah. I would have said he was 85. What? <laughs> Not actually, but I just assumed he was older well, than that. Well, it's a voice that has always lent itself to mm. it's true. an older that is gentleman. true. He probably sounded like that when he was 19. That's eerie. I think yeah. that's pretty likely. Just a 15-year-old. Like, he was the friend in the group who had to buy a beer first. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> the others. Um, what another reading of this is that Casper, it's sort of that it's a horror movie because mm-hmm. Casper just sees an image of a girl on his screen, yeah, on hard copy, which also the journalistic um choice to do a story on someone and then just film like paparazzi, his like teen daughter in front of her school and be like, "Hey, what do you think of what your dad does?" is <laughs> very weird, it's but. True. Um, anyway, so Casper sees her and then just moves heaven and earth to manipulate them to move into his house and then asks her creepily, can I keep you several mm-hmm. times? Yeah, it is. So what's going Max on, Casper? Mm-hmm. He is a ghost. Yeah, he's a ghost. And mm-hmm. I know that he hasn't been, you know, in the dating pool for a while. Mm-hmm. He never had a chance. No. Is it is it a romantic relationship? Yes. <laughs> Did you see that dance scene? I mean, a little bit, but I, I don't. I didn't. And then the dancing ends. He's like, "Can I keep you?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are both like just it. staring at me with like. Well, this, I'm just sultry. It was. <laughs> it's, <laughs> mine is a, mine's judgmental <laughs> for Casper, and it should be because it's kind of, it's a bit of an Edward Cullen situation. It's like, yeah, you're a child, but are you? How long have you been a child? We don't know how long you died ago of TB. Although you should have probably learned more about consent by now. That's all I'm saying. Although all you hang out with is your three weirdo uncles. That's true. But why? Because he can leave the house. Yeah, I don't understand. He can hop on the power lines and go operate a television somewhere. So why doesn't he leave? There is is some, like, ghost stuff about memory and, like, Mm. things they're unaware of. Uh, I think 
maybe better handled in the sixth sense, which is mm. something that relates to this in no way, shape, or form. Maybe I should pick that next week. I haven't seen it. Oh, maybe. But there is like a thing about like ghosts not knowing things, and mm. so do you think that? Oh yeah, did they even maybe specifically say that? Well, yeah, and that's movie? why he has trouble remembering like and his bits wife. About, yeah, yeah. Um, but so do you think that those uncles? Are his uncles after death, like the sort of adopted uncles, or they were his family, familial uncle? Because then how would he remember that they were his uncles? Mm-hmm. I always just assumed after death. After what? Death. Yeah. Why? Like, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just like... I, I agree. Yeah. It seems like they adopted him. Yeah. And it does seem like the uncles, like, the three of them are, like, just happy to live, well, to not live, rather, in their, like meaningless unknown existence mm. right like that's the, they're just living moment to moment those guys but uh i don't know what their motivation is be annoying yeah cause mischief mm-hmm. but drink beer they're not that annoying get drunk they kind of are not too bad they're pretty bad they make they make pretty good friends with the doctor well eventually but they they give them a hard time to get there <laughs> <laughs> to be fair he Started, starts off as a quack who doesn't believe in ghosts, but is trying to do a racket about being a ghost psychologist. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I also you didn't really know where Bill Pullman is like, is this a racket or does he think that he's good at this? Because it seemingly he sees his first ghost. Yeah, mm-hmm. he gets freaked out when and he, he sees gets, them. And he, he has a really good scream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a very sideways scream. Um, yeah. I love Bill Pullman, you guys. He was good in this. He's really good. And his ghost wore a little cardigan. Yeah, I thought that was cute. (laughs) Was the whole thing with the mom necessary? Wow. How she sort of becomes the deus ex machina at the end there? I feel like it was nice for him to get a bit of closure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was nice. there is sort of the, like, B-plot of, like, he is this ghost thing because he kind of maybe wants to see his wife yeah. again. And I, it's a Disney movie. You can't hit it too hard, right? Like, mm. they can't. There, there's a lot of things they sort of have to breeze over just to make it okay, such as him dying. Um, yeah. But uh, I get what you're saying because I don't know that it really was you know, a super necessary element of the whole thing. It just, it, I felt like it didn't match the rest of the movie, kind of. Yes. Does, does anyone, I have thought this for so long, and I'm very curious to hear what you guys, should the ending not have been the dad being like, oh, he never had, Casper had never, chan- never had a chance at life. Yes. He can be alive and I will be with my wife and we yes. can just be a family still because we're ghosts and we can clearly all interact. 100% and he could still be a ghost psychologist. Right, like that, like I thought that was... He can still practice. He would be, <laughs> he would be twice a ghost psychologist because he'd be a ghost who's a and. psychologist and who treats ghosts. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. I did not for a second see it going that way. I, always, I thought for sure it would too, I actually. I always yeah. thought that was going to be... like I, The first time I watched it, I was like, oh... You know, you give the kid who never lived right. a chance to have a life, but no, that's not. Uh, you know, that's not what. That's not how it's yeah, going down. it is pretty wild when you say that for him to let a child sacrifice right. Like himself that's you for know, him. especially knowing that like a they could probably take the time to recreate what <laughs> what was she made. Just took that juice, yeah, and just took it somewhere. 
you know, you just get a couple more made up. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunity that's sort of wasted here in terms of like proof that we can bring people back from the dead. Like the U.S. military would swoop in. So f- that's the real ending. Oh, they would. Yeah, they 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 bomb the house. And you never hear another <laughs> word from Christina Ricci again. Well, they just keep bringing back George Washington again and again and again with his awful wooden wooden teeth. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, with that beautiful image in our minds, it's time for us to hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more spoiler alert here on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. And we're back here on Spoiler Alert. We're going to get back to talking about some spooky Spooktober movies. But first, um, do you ghosties know what time it is? No. <laughs> it's game time, people. What? That was Ooh, a scary one so for Air Horn. Uh, for those who don't know, if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend, it was quite a while this mm. week, looking for a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. It was because I could not remember who was in it or what it was called, but eventually <laughs> I found it. Um, <laughs> Tough search. <laughs> uh, anyway, I look for a title related to our topic. I tell these two what the title is. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. Are you two ready? To play the game. Yes. Yes. This week's, this week's title is Mind Hunters. That title again, Mind Hunters. Mind, Mind Hunters. Hunters. Mind Hunters. Go. Hmm. Wow. Okay. You I got one? I got one. Okay. So I believe that this takes place um, in the plane where sort of all everyone's consciousness uh, stays. And they're all mm-hmm. just sort of little like brains and they all exist there. Um, and there is one sort of brain who, um, when a, a consciousness like escapes from someone and uh, they're not supposed to be on this earthly plane anymore, then they send this sort of uh, like a dog, the bounty hunter sort of brain. Mm-hmm. And he has to chase uh, these brains throughout this desert and like take them to justice or eliminate them. And eventually he falls in love with one that's on the run. And so then he's like, this is not me. What am I doing? But he eventually, he sacrifices his morals and he runs away with her. Is this, wow. an, is this an animated movie? It has to be. Okay. <laughs> claymation? <laughs> is that maybe brains. Mm, that sounds good. Yeah, claymation would be good. Oh, yeah. it's so slimy. Ooh. Squishy. Sanj? Okay, I think Mind Hunters is a zombie movie Mm. from the perspective of the zombies. Mm. So the zombie apocalypse occurs. Um, Some humans survive. They obviously are not big fans of the zombies, fair enough. But the problem is that the zombies in this story are actually quite intelligent. So, Mm -hmm. like, they still are conscious, like, they still are beings they Mm -hmm. just eat brains and so there's kind of this tension (laughs) a little push and pull (laughs) to put it mildly between the humans and the zombies and so the zombies are kind of like on the run in the woods but they gotta hunt brains somehow and so it's this one legendary zombie who um actually is kind of a dexter figure a bit of a vigilante and he actually hunts down serial killers so that they can ethically eat their brains wow Wow. Crazy. Yeah. That sounds, those, those were both 
really great ideas. Oh, thanks, Jerry. You're <laughs> such a such a hype man. For I like. Us. I really like both of those. Unfortunately, they're both wrong in all ways. <sighs> oh, um, it's not the Netflix show, is it? No, okay. that's Mind Hunter. Okay, okay, yeah. that's good. Come I would on, be mad. Is, I'd be is, mad. This is Mind Hunters. Yeah, well, it's a totally different thing. <laughs> what is this? What is uh, this? This is a movie that I am kind of ashamed to like quite a bit. <laughs> uh, it's. It's kind of weird, but it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's from 2004. Um, it is a crime thriller slasher film, which are things I don't usually like. Um, but some of the people in this giant cast are LL Cool J, uh, Christian Sladen, Val Kilmer is in it. Pardon Who's me? Christian Sladen? He means Slater. Oh. What did, what did I say? Christian Slayton. No, Christian Slater. <laughs> I was like, who that? Anyway, I was culling the list of names. I was reading because mm. there's so many people. Anyway, um, it's about of almost like they're like FBI profiling people, but they're new. Like they're just about done training. Mm. And the premise is that Val Kilmer is their sort of like leader. He's very intense in this. He does not need to be. And he is like giving it his all. And it's awesome. But it's not like it is too low caliber of a movie for his performance. Anyway, um, he they have this island that is used for training purposes by the Coast Guard and the Army and all these different things. And they're supposed to investigate this pretend killer and figure things out. But... People start dying for real. Oh, no. And eventually they realize that no one is on the island but them. (gasps) Uh, And they probably have one of the best scenes where everyone pulls out their guns and starts looking at one another. Like, that's really, it really worked. Mm. And um, the whole time I was very confused about who the bad guy was. And then you find out who it is in the end because they kind of like figure it out. You know, there's all these different things. People sort of fall one by one. Um, I like this. A, lo- a lot of people who actually have had pretty decent careers uh, after this, but um, it was just a really good movie that everyone hated and did not perform well. Yeah. And uh, I suggest that you watch it if you can find it, because I have not <laughs> been able to. <laughs> I would have picked it. I would have picked it for my. It was sort of my first instinct for. Uh, the pick of this mm-hmm. week, and then I was like, it's going to be impossible to find, and I mm. was correct. And you could barely find its name. There we go. Yeah. Um, you guys, thank you for playing the game. Thank, thank you so you, much. Jared. Yeah, good job. Really hunted those minds. Every, every time. Well, I guess that means it's time to talk about my choice. It is. For choice. this Spooktober Faves episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. This highly structured... Highly organized episode. My chair is squeaky. I would just like listeners to know if they heard any fart sounds. Sun is it is farting. not a fart because we're in quite a small room and these two. <laughs> anyway, all of this to say, <laughs> my choice was a once reviled, now I feel has had something of a redemption mm-hmm. movie from 2009 won Jennifer's Body. Jennifer's Body. Yes. So this movie is about um, nerdy, virginal girl, high school girl, Needy, short for Anita, <laughs> but like but calling her Needy, yeah, yeah. But Needy, um, played by Amanda Seyfried, um, and her mean and very hot best friend since childhood, Jennifer, Jennifer Check, 
Jennifer. Which is such a movie name. <laughs> Jennifer Check. Jennifer Check. Yeah. She says that at one point. I'm like, this doesn't seem like a girl who would introduce herself with her full name. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer is super hot. She gets around. She's kind of mean, but she and Needy are really close. Much to the chagrin of Needy's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Put a pin in that Let's for now. Um, they go to this rock show in their, like, small Minnesota town because it's the only possible thing they could do. And um, some stuff happens. Some mm-hmm. stuff goes down. Things go down. The venue burns down. The band kind of abducts um, Jennifer. 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 <laughs> they abduct her body. It's literally in the name. Yeah. Um, oh, also, she's played by Megan Fox. Yeah. I feel like that's important to know. Yeah. Um... And then bad things happen to her, and then she comes back as a demon. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. She yeah. comes back possessed as a demon? Possessed by a demon. Okay. Succubus. Yeah. De- demonic transference. Yeah. Can we uh, just... A thing I was confused about, is she still her or not her anymore? Like, like there's... It kind of flows back and forth. I and think I she's couldn't... possessed. I think she's still her. Yeah, I think she's her, but, like, possessed. But, what, but wouldn't that mean she's not her? That somebody else is in there? I think it's both. Okay. Because this, this... I think there are times... But I think it's her, though. Yeah, like, this individual knows a lot about her. So I don't know if... I think of, it's yeah, her, but there's it a went... demon inside her that affects her behavior. Maybe? That's but there I was think. Okay. But because something... I thought... Okay. I thought she just turned into... Because the, the thing that the band did, they mm-hmm. tried... So the band, spoiler alert, <laughs> killed Jennifer to... <laughs> Because they think that she's a virgin, um, because they want to become a famous rock band, so they kill her mm-hmm. as a sacrifice to become famous. They mistakenly think that she's a virgin. She is not, and so that throws off the whole thing and somehow makes her a, like, demon, like, powerful person. Yeah. And, but and I don't think... I think that it's just her with more powers. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird, because it doesn't... There's, like, no point where she, like comes to the realization that she wants to start hurting people or anything. She just sort mm-hmm. of goes for it. So in that aspect, I think you're correct. But at other times, I'm like, this thing, like, did it question her? Like, does how does it know all these details? Anyway. Well, it is still, but this is the thing is it's still her because mm-hmm. the driving force of this whole movie is the repressed sexual and romantic tension between Needy and Jennifer. Like, Needy is 1,000% in love with Jennifer, and I believe that Jennifer also is a lesbian and actually Mm -hmm. has never been interested in men at all. Needy is very obsessed with... This is a story of compulsory heterosexuality, and it's toxic effects. (laughs) Because, and like, I mean, and it's it's not subtle. Like, that is so clear to me from the movie. Mm -hmm. But what's really unfortunate about this movie is that basically the studio said... We're going to kill this before it's come out, which is that they marketed it in the absolutely wrong way. So it was it was written by Diablo Cody, directed by Karen Kusama. You can tell a Diablo Cody script from the the get go. A hundred percent, which is one of the things I actually really like about it. I think it works so well as like in a horror comedy. I think her style of kind of audacious writing really works. Sometimes I'm like. Oh, you're so edgy. Yeah, <laughs> 100% there is some but, of that. But that also like, kind of works the with the characters. so many times. Yeah, it yeah, was 2009, and yeah. those were dark times. It wasn't right then, but... But it's okay. Um, but it basically, it was, like, targeted at 
teenage boys because yeah, Megan like, Fox is hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like yeah. And, and Megan Fox does look like oh. a video game character. Uh, yeah, no, I'm they, like, yeah, this they, isn't even real. They amped it up. Yeah. She's the platonic ideal of the male gaze, honestly. Well, that's and okay. If you're going to talk, if we're going to talk about. It, we're going to talk about it. So the the whole time, I don't know if I like this movie, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I really like Diablo Cody. Like, I, that's fair. I know. Like, I just like I think it's really interesting, and I'm always really engaged. And I remember it, it came in Juno, right? Like, like mm-hmm. you're watching and like, what is like, like, is this, is it self-aware? Like what, you know, like all these things. Anyway, the whole movie is just so much of the male gaze that like, it's obvious that it's sort of a parody of mm-hmm. it, but I don't think it's funny. Mm-hmm. That's like, thing, that's my point is that I was like, I wish this was funnier. Right. Like, like they, there's like a, it's like not yeah, there's like yeah. A, a too few jokes to be mm-hmm. as camp as I thought it was going. Mm-hmm. As I remember mm-hmm. it, may, maybe I don't even remember. I and, don't know. And then, I don't know how funny it's supposed to be though. Yeah, that's like the that's thing. the and the other part that I think other things have done better, probably because of it. Like mm. probably referencing it in subtle ways is like often we don't see the things happening. We hear about them, and then either. We find out after what happened, or oh, he we just went to visit his uncle. You know, like it, it wasn't one of the things. But they are very like there's no mystery, right? It's very mm. upfront about what's going on, yeah. and there's no like sort of like oh, is this happening to her? Is it not happening to her? Did she wake up with some blood on her mouth and doesn't know what happened? And someone's mysteriously dead. And those things are really cliche, but there's just none of that. Mm. Like like literally. Any, and anyway, so back to what I was saying. It is just so from. It is like such a male perspective-y thing that it's sort of well, it's not surprising. It's incredible the talent she has to capture that, right? Mm, like, like yeah. it is very skillfully done. And the whole time, I was just like wondering when we're going to see these two people's perspectives, and it mm. kind of didn't happen. Which is good or bad, I don't know. But well, I don't know about that. I feel like kind of the know. whole movie is Needy's perspective. But I think I think part of the issue and part mm-hmm. of the reason it did so badly, like it it barely broke even at the box office. It has I like a forty four percent. I think it budget was sixteen million and it made sixteen million. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a check mark. That's but good. that's, that's a breaking a even. Like yeah, that's. I know. No, 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 no. Sorry, it made so it made thirty-two million dollars. No, I yeah. think it brought in. Oh, yeah, I'm looking. I, I was looking. Oh, at I yeah. read an article today that yeah. misstated this. No, no, it made the money. Like mm. it, you know, it didn't. Okay, so yeah. yeah, that's not that bad. But nonetheless, it's not great, but. um, it was panned. Like it was critically panned. Audiences hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is a lot of men especially went into that movie expecting it to be catering to their male gaze rather than a commentary on their male gaze and i don't think people understood it like i don't think Mm -hmm. it was understood for what it was because it's not also like if someone was going in for a straight up horror movie it's not Mm -hmm. that either Mm -hmm. and i do wonder if there was some changes that were made or edits or something i would guess 100 percent. because yeah yeah, because there are things that i like kind of expected and was hoping for that just never got there Mm. and uh you know i was the whole time i was just sort of curious about a lot of things that sort of were very carefully stepped around (laughs) 
Like what? Just like, uh, you know, this idea of like, is there a ver- was there a version of this where the pair of them sort of go off at the end? Because the whole scene at the end, not the end, where Needy sort of stabs Jennifer. With a mm-hmm. box cutter. Yeah. And like, it just was very visually appealing. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of what I felt like that was the point of it. Like that sort of, you know, mm. and it just felt like really tacked on. I don't know. What did you like? It just seems so strange to me that like you have these other huge scenes with all these things going on. And that's the way that you capture the end of the thing. And then to have it be sort of a disease or. Yeah. You know, like thing that infects mm. other people. You I, know. Uh, yeah, that she also can now have like powers. Yeah. Anyway, was, I liked that part. Yeah, but was there a version where the, in the end they wind up together and maybe you know, like like that's the things I think about. I think, apparently, oh. in the, sorry, I just mm-hmm. I just to what yeah, Jeremy yeah, saying. Yeah. Originally, Needy was supposed to stab her in the vulva, Ooh. which I'm like. The symbolism there Again, is complicated. Yeah, 100%, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think there ever was an intention of that, like, resolution. Really? I think part of it is, and maybe this is a reach, um, I think the suggestion is that, like, under this violent compulsory heterosexuality patriarchal system, there is no saving her. It's too late. Like, mm-hmm. maybe. there's no possibility for her to be saved at this point. Right, but then Needy's, like, also lost, right? Like, yeah. It, it, so... Yeah, because yeah, it's to me. I was like, this is the promising young woman because, yeah. like, yeah. an act happen, like an assault happens against a woman, it ruins her life, it ruins her best friend's life. Mm-hmm. Like nobody is saved. Adam Brody's there again. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's and- what I. I was just reminded of that, of mm-hmm. where it's like, even though there's like vengeance, it's like nobody is come I, out on top. And yeah, this. I think it's a, to like give it a happy ending takes away from the oh, rest I, of it. I don't think that's happy at all. Well, no, no, but I mean, like, <laughs> if they, like, ran off together, I would see that as a happy ending. Oh, no, I, I just meant, like, to kill more people, but anyway. Mm, even still? Oh, that's... It's, like, not a happy ending, but, like, yeah, yeah. it is. And I, oh, I Amy Sedaris at home alone? I know. Kate! <laughs> the most <laughs> random cameo. <laughs> the whole time, you don't see Needy's mom. One single time, she's always out, and I was like, oh, a little bit of commentary on capitalism, perhaps. Yeah. Separation of the family. And then, randomly, she's going to the dance, and there's Amy Sedaris as her mom for one second. Have a good night. I think think it must have got cut. Like that's the. It must. Yeah. I. Um. Can Can we just talk really quickly about how Gen Z the scene with the sacrifices? Did you guys get that at all? Like, I feel like that scene was a skit that someone would make on YouTube tomorrow. Like the whole thing about them. How hard it is to make it as it's an indie band? Crazy, yeah. Like the, just the whole attitude around it, and like the way they kind of sing as they it like. Not to mention the fact that the whole premise of an indie band sacrificing someone to the devil to become famous is just nuts. Mm-hmm. But did, did you guys get that vibe? Like I was, I don't know. I, I felt didn't. like it was just. So... I I thought that it was it was so tonally weird because like Megan Fox is acting like very like you know. Very real. Very real. Yes. And they are like doing it, yeah, like a skit. Um, yeah, that's like, true. Uh, we like reading from the, like an internet, like uh, printout. Yeah, it was, I felt that was like a strange tone 
Mm-hmm. There are some moments of weird tone for sure. Yeah. But it's a lot to navigate in a single movie. One thing I would like to say is I do feel that as a society we owe Megan Fox an apology. And that actually I think she's a very good actress. She did oh, great yeah, in this. Yeah. I loved her. She's in so good. She, she's she's been very often wasted just yeah. as like a thing to look at. And yeah. like even in Transformers, oh. you can you know you can tell she's doing better than other people. Yeah, like <laughs> and, that's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, and there was that whole narrative that she was mean. Like, I don't know if you guys remember that. I never heard that ever. Yeah, uh, yeah, there no, was this I've whole never... internet rumor. Oh man, that no. she like didn't accept a rose that a fan tried to give her. Like, what? just the wildest things that we accuse women of. Okay, I've never heard <laughs> of any of guy. Anyway. I, yeah. Well, I wish that she would have taken my road. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Sean. This is the thing is like, I remember going to this in high school and I think I hated it. And I think I was like, women, I hate women. Like, I think women, I hate women. Just my internalized misogyny. I didn't get any of it. My repressed queerness. I didn't. (laughs) And watching it now, I'm like, how, (laughs) why is this not a lesbian movie in my mind? (laughs) Like, it is. Haven't seen the last of me. (laughs) That's what it said to (laughs) you. That is what it said. I don't know. What do you guys think of it? Uh, I I thought it's definitely interesting. Mm. And in the vein of like Cabin in the Woods and other movies that are sort of picking apart what people are doing, I thought that it was a really interesting sort of entry in. I don't know if I can take that dialogue for that long. Like I just, it just is hard. Diablo is like, sometimes I'm like, okay, (laughs) chill out. Yeah, just chill, Diablo. Can we just take it? But I also know at that time, I was rolling on the floor. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, this pop culture heavy, like dialogue is so funny. And now it's so dated. Mm. I haven't watched Juno in a long time, and I feel like I'll I should. I'm tough. scared. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you guys, those are the three. Those are the three. <laughs> the the power of three. Three movies you should check out if you need something to watch. Yeah. Uh, that's it's not, not super scary. <laughs> Somewhere on these, the spectrum. Of none spooky. of these are scary. <laughs> this, I thought Jennifer's body was a little scary. Oh really? When she ch- when her head. face changes into demon yeah. face, oh, man. I, it was like a couple jump scares. I. This is a mean thing to say. Like this, is, I feel bad about saying this. I feel like I sat completely motionless for the entire watch. I did not laugh. I did not move. I don't Jeez. think. I'm not sure. I maybe like inhaled, and exhaled three times. Like the longest. <laughs> I'm just in. Wow. In like a hibernation mode while watching Jennifer's body. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Jeremy's body. <laughs> Powering down. Another another thing that. She, Jennifer should have been spelled with a G, but whatever. Yeah, Jennifer's body. <laughs> Jennifer's body. Well, with that, let's move into a little segment that we call What You Watching? Oh, sure. So, mm-hmm. boys, what you been watching? Uh, I haven't watched this yet, and that's part of the whole deal. But this Saturday, I'm going to hopefully go or get a chance to see uh, my One Take Super 8 film at wow. the One Take Super 8 event at the RPL. At 7 p.m. Are you confident, Jeremy? Uh, I think... The things will turn out? I have a friend who has reassured me that everything is fine and that the way that the film behaved at the end was accurate. I don't know if I'm that lucky, so we will see what happens. What Um, did it act like? 
What's it? Uh, it, at some point, the camera started making noise, which is a clear indicator for Super 8 that the roll is done. But then I opened it up, and there's still a little bit of film, and I was like, I don't know if that's right, so I'll just send it off and hope it's not just black for three minutes. But we'll see. Um, but for sure, stuff that worked out is the score by uh, Eric Serkey, who uh, did a one-take of it with only hearing the premise and title. Uh, Yeah, so uh, hopefully that lines up, but I have no idea how that's going to (laughs) go. That's fine. And yeah, I made it with my brother, and hopefully it was good. Fun. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, Sean, you were also in one. I was in one. Keep your eyes peeled. You might spot me. Um, I also don't know how it will turn out because uh, there was a lot, you know, one take on a Super 8 camera is Mm -hmm. very confusing, and I'll never understand how to do it. Mm -hmm. But, you know. There could be some good stuff. Uh, I watched this week Halloween from 2018 <gasps> mm-hmm. with Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, and who is her daughter? <laughs> she is Kitty from Arrested Development. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Judy Greer. Yeah. Yeah. Judy Greer plays her adult daughter. I almost said Pam Greer. <laughs> Pam Greer. Exactly. <laughs> Pam Greer. I would love Pam Greer playing That'd be her amazing. daughter. Yeah. Um, they are estranged because, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis being attacked as an 18-year-old uh, made her an insane person. <laughs> and so Judy Greer has a very strained relationship with her mother. And she has Judy's teenage daughter is, like, trying to reach out to the grandma. But obviously, Jamie is messed up. And then Michael Myers, as he is wont to do, mm-hmm. escapes from an institution yet again. Mm-hmm. He... Kills two meddling podcast hosts, lol, and uh, and then goes on to Haddonfield and kills, smushes everyone's head in in between. Ugh. There's a lot of head smushing in this film, but uh, it was fun and it was a good Halloween watch. And I wanted to watch it because there is a new one coming out this oh. year. Maybe it has just come out. Is uh is this? This is the one where they're rebooting it now, I think? So this is canon-wise. Mm-hmm. So there is the first Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis, 18 and whatever, 77. Mm-hmm. Then in this world, nothing happened until this film, until 2018. Mm. Right, right, And right, so right. there's like a million ones in between, like... Uh, but they are saying that none of those happened because most of them are honestly kind of stupid. <laughs> I love that. Even Halloween H two O. Well, yeah, she uh, she was in that, but they don't say that this is part of the canon. Really? Because she would have. She had like she was Josh Hartnett's dad or mom, <laughs> and in this one, she is not Josh Hartnett's mom. Mm. So couldn't get Hartnett. <laughs> we couldn't get Hartnett. Yeah. Bazinga. <laughs> Even though what he's what's he doing? Really. I'm pretty sure we can get. I'll email him. I'll see if we can get Harden it. <laughs> anyway, so I I'd love I'm, to hear about. I would maybe watch Wicker this Park. new one, but also okay. I get scared easy. Yeah, same. Maybe we should watch it together. Maybe we could both cover our little eyes. One eye, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll each cover one eye. Um, my what you watching this week? It's it's not a watching. It's okay. A, it's, it's a, a listening. It's a listening. It's a listening. It's an audio book that I recently listened to because all I've been watching lately is rewatching Community, and I don't really have any hot takes about that. <laughs> um, I actually really liked this book. Uh, it is, spoiler alert, a fluffy romance, mm-hmm. but its protagonist is a fat woman. Okay. And 
listeners who like romance may know that that's in short supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. And it is about a fat fashion blogger uh, who gets drunk one night and tweets a bunch of criticisms of basically the equivalent of The Bachelor called Main Squeeze. (laughs) And then the internet, she goes viral. The internet, like, explodes and everyone jumps on the bandwagon of hating the show and, like, criticizing it. And then the show reaches out to her and asks her to be the next Main Squeeze as, like, a PR Remedy. Oh. And so it's basically about like what if there were a fat bachelorette. Um and it's re- it was really good. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, like I was a little I wasn't sure. Um but it like I feel like it dealt quite well with you know, like some of the real things that would happen like you know, all the trolls that come out of the woodwork and the mm-hmm. producers kind of like use her struggles, you know, for ratings because of course that's what they would do. And I really like it because Normally in a romance novel, you know 100% like who the person they'll end up with is. And in this one, I genuinely wasn't sure who she would end up with. And I found that exciting. Nice. Did you appreciate what happened? I did quite appreciate it. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, so very fun. Just, you know, fluffy. But then also kind of smart. Cool. Smart and fluffy. Smart, smart and, fluffy, and fluffy. Like me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and... That is all the time we have for this week. I'd like to give a shout-out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy, everyone at CGTR, and to you, our beloved listeners, for lending us your ears. And by the way, thank you for supporting us in Radiothon. Yes. We appreciate that. It's important. Uh, The show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. My electric is coming up next. Have a great week. See you. Bye. Bye.